springtime and uh, the lockout is over, so I unlocked the doors to my house to uh, Studio 82, and here we are. And this is the three old Reds fans, and I'm Jeff. And I'm Tom. And I'm John. And uh, Kim is not here with us tonight, couldn't make it. So we're, we're here to finally talk about the Reds again. And lockout's over, we're going to have a season. Don't know if it's going to be any good or not, but we're going to have one. And uh, so that's good. It's at least it's better to have one than not have one. I guess we'd rather lose a bunch of games than not ever play them at all. But uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll be better than we think. You know, some years you're like, high hopes, it's going to be pretty good. Doesn't go so well. Sometimes you don't expect much. You know, that's kind of what it was in Cincinnati the last couple of years for the football team. So maybe the baseball team will find a way to, to do that. But, uh, Tom, what do you think? Uh, baseball's back. You happy about that? Heck yeah. Hey, some baseball is better than no baseball. <laughs> and uh, I I always love the conversation of baseball through the summer. Because that's what it is. It's a conversation. Hey, what did Joey do last night? How did Castillo pitch? You know, it's just a conversation that takes you through the whole summer. That's what I really enjoy about it. Yeah. John? It's always good to uh, listen to the games. And... Uh, you know, even though Marty and Joe aren't on the radio anymore, but uh, Tommy and the Cowboy, mm-hmm. and uh, that's always fun to, you know, and the Reds can uncork good games now and then, and that's exciting. That's good good for talking to your buddies and everything. And right. you kind of get to know the guys, even the announcers, you know, you get to yeah. their conversations through the year and yeah. the players, and so, yeah, I love it. All right. Well, some things about the off season we – maybe not have been so happy with here, especially after the lockout ended. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk about Joey first because we all respect and Joey and we all enjoy watching him. And, and he still bangs. Yeah, the season he had last year was really good and exciting to see him do that at that age. And I was reading um, a story by C. Trent Rosecrans today in The Athletic. Joey has a new bat. Oh, yeah. And so Joey has used, according to C. Trent, the way in the story. Well, according to Tracy Jones, it's always good when you're sporting new wood. <laughs> okay. Well, well, Tracy probably <laughs> Tracy probably changed bats a lot of times trying to get his career going. Yeah. I'm sure Tracy probably listens to us, too. Yeah, he yeah. He does. Yeah. Credit to him. Yeah, right? Tracy, good job. Uh, uh, we enjoy you on the radio and um, and so forth. But anyway – we digress. Uh, Joey had always used a Louisville Slugger. Uh, same, it was like 32 inches, 34 ounces maybe. I forget the numbers exactly. But he always used this M356 model. It's the one he used through his whole career. One day he picked it up. Somebody else had it. Maybe, I don't remember who it was. And he's like, ah, that feels, I like the balance of this. It feels, feel, I like the balance. So he's always used that bat. Now, the M356 was designed for Edgar Martinez. The M for Martinez and 356 for one of his batting title years. Mm. And so he used that bat all these time. So now, last year, there was uh, some ash shortages with wood. And so he switched companies, um, same size and weight, to this company called Marucci. I guess that's how you pronounce it, M-A-R-U-C-C-I. And but now, when you when he comes to bat this year, you're going to see the knob on the bat. It's not the traditional knob on the bat. It's it's like two or three inches long, hmm. 
and they call it the hockey puck knob because it looks like a hockey, a small hockey puck at the end. So you know how he was choking choke up. up right. This is like choking up, but not. So he's, you know, Joey's always trying to figure stuff out and do stuff better. So he's he's excited about this new bat, and um, you know, there's projections out there that think Joey could hit 40 home runs this year. So you know. He was one short of his uh, career high last year and missed, what, 20 games, something like that, probably. So, anyway, so we have a new bat to look forward to. So, as you say, we get to talk baseball things, win or lose. Yeah. We can talk about Joey's bat. It's kind of interesting. You think, you know how he choked up for so long, but remember how he went down on the bat later last year, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why he was hitting for more power. You think he might have changed bats with that when he – when he choked up or when he – you think when he choked up, he might have went with a longer bat, mm-hmm. even though he choked up, but I well, guess not. Well, one of the things in the in the story was about just why does a guy use the same bat in every situation? Like every style of pitcher, you use the same bat. And so they likened it to – they're doing – I mean, you know, everything's so computerized and analytic now and – you can measure everything in the world. And so what about that guy where you know he's going to pitch you inside and he's going to bring heat inside? What about a bat that you can get through the zone quicker? And then for another guy who's going to pitch you away, maybe not throw quite as hard, maybe a bat that you don't have to get through the zone quite as quick, and it's more conducive to that. Because um, they said, you know, golfers, they don't hit with the same stick every time, right? They change based on what they have to do. They change now. It's, it's, a, little it's, different. it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, but the ball's a, not moving. Right. It's a. It is. But <laughs> well, I get what you're but saying. But at the same time, why have we always done it this way? Why do we always have to do it this way? Well, do you remember so when Pete John Rose probably uses different rods at the lake for well, different absolutely. things? Yeah, oh, that's a great. Now that's yep. a great analogy. Yep. Yeah. Versus golf, you have to hit the ball different distances. But anyway, it's like have you? Did you ever see? Uh, the Ichiro home run when he basically bunted it, he just stuck his bat out there and it, and it hit uh-uh. it. Out. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. You make good contact. It probably doesn't matter what kind of bat you have. I mean, I, I was watching that video of Ichiro when he when he did that. He hardly even swung. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so maybe Tracy Jones is right. <laughs> and the other Don't part and the other part that Joey said is I want to hit I want to lead the league in barrels. So you know they measure that yeah, what, yeah. when you barrel the ball up it has to do with it's like I think it's at least a 98 mile per hour exit velocity and a certain launch angle. If you get those two things together they count it as a barrel. And he wants and he was his rate was top 10 last year I think. Hmm. I'd have to go back and look but if you read the athletic, you can get on there and see it, or you could go to Fangraphs and look that stat up and find it. But because you can't control have, if you hit it, somebody right? Right. He right. Didn't, right. He didn't have this. He didn't have as many as some others because you know he walks a lot and he missed some games. But rate percentage wise, he was pretty. He was up in the top ten. But he wants to be the man with barrels this year. So that's you know if you think about it, well, he's is this his sixteenth year or is, or that was his sixteenth year last year, whatever. He you know. And they traded a bunch. They they traded Winker, and the team looks different. You got to find things, to mo- ways to motivate yourself, and so um, different things, you know, to 
try to push yourself. So that's what Joey's doing. I'm going to lead the league in barrels. <laughs> and that uh, I like that because that means all I want to do is lead the league in hitting the ball hard. And then good things will happen. The, yeah, the home runs and the doubles and, you know, the RBIs and the slugging percentage will sort of take care of itself if you just do this fundamental thing of making great contact, then all those other things follow. Instead of trying to do those things, just put a good swing on a ball. Joe Nuxall always used to say, you're always dangerous with a bat in your hand. Yes, he would say that about, especially, you know, because of pitchers, right? Yeah. And he was a pretty good hitting pitcher, as I recall. So he was a really good athlete, good basketball player in high school and everything. So, yeah, interesting. Now, conversely, my pitching coach used to say, listen, just throw strikes. It's a round ball and a round bat. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he's saying you know it's hard for them to make chances gra- of them to, of making squaring up the ball as we know are pretty low it's right three and ten is good right 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 yeah the pitchers so from the pitchers, pitchers it's first strikes you know it's round ball and around bat pitchers have the advantage they always have yeah but you know it's your job to not give up as much as the guy on the other team. So, so I think I've said this before, but I remember when Pete Rose used to do the announcing. It didn't last long. Remember, he was on Fox yeah, for a while, yeah, and it didn't, go, yeah, very it didn't go very long. But one one thing I remember, he used to get really frustrated with players. He'd talk about it because he'd say, you know, after a while, they're always pitching you the same way. If they know you can't hit the outside pitch, they, they're keeping throwing your outside. Or if they can't hit a hit a breaking ball. They're going to be throwing your breaking balls. And yet some of these players, their whole career, can't hit a breaking ball. Or I think Adam Dunn used to drive me crazy. They'd throw him an outside pitch. He'd ground the ball to second base over and over again. He'd try and pull everything, you know. And, he, and Rose is like, you got to adjust. If you know what they're going to do to you, you got to adjust to – now, I, I guess not everybody's a Pete Rose that can adjust, right? Right. It's not as easy as it sounds. It's like, why doesn't Billy Hamilton bunt more? Well, uh, you know <laughs> – because he's not very good at it. He just <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's tried to get good at it, right. and he's just not very good at it. Right. It's not as easy as it looks. Which show, kind of shows the greatness of Rose that was able to adjust like that, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and guys that last a long time, you know. Pujols is going back to the Cardinals this year to play mm-hmm. one more season at age 42. He'll probably hit 25 homers. He'll DH. He'll yep. bat, he might only bat 250 or less, but he'll hit he'll, – He'll produce in key moments for them. He'll he'll come up with some big hits for those guys because he's that good. So, but you know, you speaking know, about this, Votto, Votto has shown that right through the years. Yes. He certainly has adjusted and changed his game through the years, and and he a lot of kudos to him on that. Yeah, even uh, Jonathan India did some adjusting last year. You know, after his initial hot start, he went into that slump, and he he was talking like I had to adjust. Because the pitchers had adjusted to me, yeah. and he readjusted for like the second half of the year, mm-hmm. paid off. Right. I think you got to be a great a great athlete to do that too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He's a talented guy. There's and no you have doubt. to have guys that understand what a pitcher's trying to do to you, whether that's a good hitting coach or the pitching coach is understanding what the pitchers are doing to him. And. Um, but even us, the casual fans. We can see how people are getting pitched if we watch it every night, which mm-hmm. we used to do when we had Fox Sports before. Yeah, yeah. Now that I don't, I can't watch. But we can tell how 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 pitchers are pitching our own players because we see it so much. Right. Well, you know that's that's Joey. We know Joey's in the lineup, but uh, there's some familiar faces not going to be in the lineup this year, and um, it's old news. Everybody knows it. 
um, you know, Kim's not here to talk about the uh, um, the absence of one Jesse Winker. His man uh, crush. Yes, his man crush. I think crush. he's still in mourning. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think he's looking for jobs in Seattle or anything or, 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 <laughs> or going to root for the Mariners. But I'm sure he will be keeping an eye on that just so he can say, see, we shouldn't have traded him. Um, and so, you know, coming off an all-star season, we we have two all-star outfielders from last year that aren't here this year. Um, what was Jesse Winker going to – what's he going to do from here on out? Was that his best season ever? Or is he going to have a lot of more good seasons? We don't know. Yeah. But it feels How about just a healthy season. Yeah, it feels like that's the out of all the stuff they did, and I think we traded some texts on this. That was the that was the that was the head scratcher. Some of the other things I could see. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, did you guys did did it bother you when they traded Sonny Gray? I was I was kind of okay with that. Not, not, yeah, I mean, Wade Miley. When, when your back starts to go, right? You know, it's Wade Miley. I I saw that one too. Um, Castellanos. I I knew we couldn't afford that. Right. Well, you knew they wouldn't afford it. Yeah. But well, you maybe mean, we could. When you, if you're trying to unload Gino's contract, and you know, I guess the scuttlebutt was that the Mariners wouldn't. Uh, weren't interested in Gino unless we threw somebody else in there. Bam. Hmm. Here, have Winker. Well, you know, when you're – Aquino must not have been enough uh, bait. No, no, not at all. <laughs> when, when you when, – you know, when you are – when it's obvious – when you think about it. When um, you ever buy a car or sell a car, the person who one, – one party or the other needs to sell or buy worse than the other right or a house or whatever and so you and so the reds are in that position of like when they start talking it becomes obvious that they're the ones that sort of are more desperate is probably too strong a word but that and so you lose the leverage Mm -hmm. and so anytime there's a deal one side has the leverage over the other and the reds right now just don't have leverage in those situations and so that's why that happens. I mean, we don't have to like it, but that's why it happens. And, it, you know, the guys they got, some young people young people plus a, a player to be named, right? We still got the player to be named in that, which could turn out to be a good prospect. We don't know. We don't I mean, know what that's gonna, what's going to happen. Yeah, but we There's, can't – the Reds are always in the, well, we got prospects coming. You know, that just gets really old. Well, they, in the la- in last two years, we actually signed some free agents, and you know we thought things were changing, but mm-hmm. here we are again. But we had two really good prospects become everyday players last year in Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. And I will say, I, I don't disagree with you c- completely, but I will say, for a few years here with these really bad years, the pro- the the farm system was bad. There were there weren't prospects like Winker was it, yeah. And now it's there's multiple guys in there. Right. I think. Well, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of good hitters in Dayton this year. They they drafted some good guys last year who hit well in Low A and High A could be pretty good this year. We're on the precipice of having two more come up in Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. 
Um, you never know what Barrero's got. Um, Garcia, of course. Yeah. Um, and but I think uh, Nick Crawls, what he has said, the direction is we're gonna develop our own talent and um, and go that route. Maybe they'll get uh, you know who knows. The other thing I was gonna talk about here was who knows how good of a negotiator crawl is i mean maybe he's not that good of a negotiator (laughs) yes you know probably not i mean it's like i always i said too it's like we always value the guys we have more than anybody else does and so i get that i still think i'm not here to be an apologist for nick crawl and say oh he did the best he could um, because I'm not sure that he did based on what, you know, I agree with you, John. Like, I don't know how good a negotiator he is. Maybe he probably could have done a little better and probably should have. And, um, but at the same time, the, the other thing is a good we, negotiators bait the other teams into, you can bait people out there to start looking at your guys. Oh yeah, we, we really need those guys. So if you know your competition, you know, the other teams and what their needs are and, kind of hearing what they want, you can bait and, and, and improve the odds of what you might get in return for somebody you're trying to unload. So here, here's what's happened for, it just struck me, for a few years when we made trades, what did we trade? Prospects. This year, we traded established player for prospects. We didn't trade prospects. So people howl and cry when we trade too many prospects and then when we trade guys who have been pretty good players we complain about that so you, you know they're in a can't you can't win well I, that very well but would you rather so the question is would you rather trade a suarez who you know hadn't been as good the last year and a half and winker who doesn't really stay healthy and isn't a very good defensive player or would you rather trade a couple hot shot prospects. I bet you you guys know who Ellie De La Cruz is, twenty year old shortstop, who's Tarrant, who's like six five and can hit, and is and is on the way up from from A ball. He could be in Dayton this year or bypass it to Double A. Who knows? Well, I mean, you don't want to trade that guy. So the I thing, mean, the thing is, where I'm frustrated is we missed the playoffs by how many games? Three games? Yeah, not very many. And I was at the thing, oh, we only need to make a few more tweaks, and we're in. But no, well, we don't tweak it, bam, all this happens. Right, and there's actually more teams getting in. And yeah. If we'd had last year's setup, 80, we'd have been in last year, we right? We would have been in, yep. And that's that's the thing that is frustrating is a couple easy tweaks. You know, nobody else in our division really did anything, except maybe the, the Brewers. Brewers. But uh, – a couple tweaks and we would have been there, but no, fire sale. So I'm with you, John. I think the recipe here. Well, I'd like to know what what uh, the Tampa Bay's recipe is because they got something special going on down there. But it seems like the recipe is you bring in, you got your prospects, and then you fill in with free agents, with key free agents, and that's really what we did the last couple of years. Yes. Um, but now we've we haven't filled in with anybody. We've just done the fire sale, like you said. And not replace. Right, we we signed Tommy Pham, who is not Jesse Winker. Um, 
I mean, if Nick Senzel's healthy so this I year, uh, that'd be nice. Well, I mean, fans everything pretty, has fans to go actually perfect. pretty good on base. Guy yeah, if every, he's if he's everything healthy. has to go perfect for the Reds this year. I mean, like we were just talking about the starting pitching, where f- four out of the five have less than a half a year of service. Yeah, pitching right. Because Castillo's on the injured list. So four. what? What are the odds that uh, how many rookie pitchers have amazing years? That's super rare. Oh, mm-hmm. One of them might. One of them might. That's that's probably the best odds you're going to get. One out of four would be probably pretty so, good. So Molly, you can feel like you can trust. Castillo comes back. Um, Gutierrez still. I don't know if Gutierrez surpassed rookie status or not. Um, and San Martin's really young. And then who's the fifth guy long term? Is it Lodolo or Green? Right. Or if both of them struggle. Where they put Jeff Hoffman back in the rotation, who knows what they might, you know, what they might have to do. And as we were talking before we went on, like that's what we did for a few years. At least, but those guys were like not really good prospects. Right. I mean, at Lodolo least we, at least we or... have really good prospects. At least our young guys are really good prospects. Our inexperienced guys are really good prospects. But you don't go to the playoffs with everything having to go perfect. No. That's just that's not how things work. This is not. I'll be yeah. I mean, won't we all be shocked if this is a playoff team? Well, I mean, this year it could be well, with the expansion. With the expansion of it, what, win 80, 81 or 82 games, you might get in, right? Right, right. So that, I guess that's, that's that, probably on. That would on be the, everything goes right. That's probably we on. Win 82 right. games. That's right? probably yeah. on the table for all but <clears throat> well, nobody three or four saw, teams in baseball. Nobody saw what happened to the Bengals, so hey. We never saw that coming. That's <laughs> yeah, true. but you never know. But this we is the time of year of hope, right? Yeah. So who's our Joe Burrow? Well, you know, it's like, you know what? Jamar our bullpen Chase. is probably not going to be that great. Well, our the Bengals' offensive line was very offensive. So yeah. who knows what you can do uh, if you get lucky here and there. What a twilight zone we're in in Cincinnati where the Reds are <laughs> dumping people. and not, Exactly. And the Bengals are out signing offensive yeah. linemen left and right and looking like – you know what? We're going to win the Super Bowl next year. We, we went and got the guys we need, and we're young, and we're talented, and we're sign the we're, people we're they going have to, to sign. It. And yeah, I mean, we're not talking about the Bengals no, on this but, podcast, but it's more fun. It's more fun. <laughs> it was way more fun, and, and injuries can certainly derail them, like any football team. They were very healthy last year, but so this baseball team has got to stay healthy. Young pitching has young, to, young pitchers to have thing. to be good. Um, we can't have sophomore jinxes out of Stevenson in, in um, India. Votto's got to be good. So we hit the ball well last year. Naquin's got to be lost good. Castellanos and Winker mm-hmm. and, and Gino. You know, Gino didn't do that much, but still. So, so yeah, you've got to replace And production. Farmer had a career year. Yeah, you've got to replace that production. And where is it coming from? Well, I don't know. Mustakas doesn't stay healthy. He's getting older. Can Stevenson can, hit better than Barnhart? Can, oh yeah. Can yeah. Can can Sinzel stay healthy and play a whole year and like actually play like a first? Can he be like oh? Can he if he if Nick Sinzel can have sort of a coming out this year? Yeah. And Stevenson and India are solid again. Votto Votto doesn't have to match last year's numbers, but he needs to be close. Naquin was really hot at times and, and last year. Solid last and then year. another yeah. guy, a Naquin. Mustakas have to be solid, and you'll take what you get at shortstop, and it's that third outfield spot. You know, you hope maybe, who knows? Maybe uh, a Colin Moran has to have like his best year. 
you know, playing some outfield and DH. That's what has to happen. And, you know, there's a, that's a lot of, there's a lot of things in that list that maybe really haven't happened before. Right. <laughs> and so when you need like if, half if of all, your people if, to, if to be all, dependable. Right. If all of those things had happened before that I just said, I'd feel good. Yeah. When they all haven't happened before, there's hope, but there's not a lot of feeling of, not there's that, not a lot of confidence. You're not putting your paycheck out. On no, that. there's not a lot of confidence. <laughs> there's hope. There's always hope as a fan, but there's not a lot of confidence. I always like young guys that are out there to prove themselves. They're hungry. And if somebody goes down with an injury like moose or whatever, or you, I always love the new guy coming in because he's going 110%. Yeah. And, I and think you never know what's going to happen. We saw that last year with India. And mm-hmm. I think Stevenson plays that way. Mm-hmm. And I love that too, except what happens is they play well for a month or so. And then the scouting catches up with them, and they got to prove whether they're really a big leaguer or not. And you know yeah, how that's a that's but then a the starter shoot. gets healthy again, and then they're back <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what we saw with Aquino. We've seen that. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, they still either believe in him or they just—he's just a body on the bench. I don't know which. I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to. In their situation, I would think as a personnel person, it would be hard to discard Aquino after what he did that one month because it's like, man, if we can get consistency out of that guy, he could be a terror. Yeah, maybe he's a DH, right? Well, he's a really good outfielder, though. Yeah, he can play all three outfield positions. He's got a good arm. He's a pretty good out. I should say, I don't know if he's really good, but he's a, he's a, seen him in center. He's a good outfielder, and he's got a good arm. And he, well, no, but I think he could play center in a pinch. He can certainly play the corners. So, you know, there's, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what this. That's what baseball. Baseball is more unpredictable than anything, any other sport. I think, um, unless you stockpile like the Dodgers have every year. So, you can know we talk about that there. for a second? So. I think baseball's in trouble as a whole. I think when you we compare it to certainly the NFL, but even the NBA, they don't market themselves well. Uh, th- this whole thing of not having a salary cap and having such disparage, uh, is that the right word? Disparity. Between, disparity, sorry. Between. <laughs> disparage. You're I want to disparage Major League Baseball. You're disparaging Major League Baseball right now. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying is I, I think it, it's really in a state where somebody's got to do something. Uh, what's his name, Manfred or whatever? Rob Manfred. Yeah, the yeah. owners like him. That's about it because they mean, keep hiring him. I mean, I, I know he had a real international thing. That was his his emphasis. Remember well, how they were trying to do that? But I don't think that's where this, the thing ought to be I right I think now. all he cares about is pace of play. There, there has, I mean, baseball has to have more parity and more an even playing field like the NFL has right, done. Right, In salary caps, look what it's done. I mean, it's great. Right. Not and that the salary caps don't keep going up to allow players to get paid more. Right, yeah. But you got to have parity. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, I think you'd I think you'd have to go base, – you'd have a two-year lockout before you'd ever get That's a salary cap. Yeah. That's the thing. that They've had it for so long. If you were the players, would you give that up? I know. I get it. I mean, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's 
I mean, these contracts are insane. The league has got to get in, like, serious financial trouble, the major leagues, I think, and they're not. I think that to be, as a whole, in serious financial problems. Well, it's all St. Louis' fault because St. Louis sells out their every home game they have, and they're just a little market team like we are. And they're giving, you know, what can you do? Teams like Kansas City and us and Pittsburgh and Detroit, we all wallow in the lower echelons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost and like you know we're the the Premier League that if you don't, make yeah, it, if you don't do well enough, you're stuck in the second tier. And right. then you have teams like Tampa Bay or the Marlins that put together a World Championship team every now and then. It's just like, oh, see, we don't need a salary cap anymore. Yeah, I mean the the, the Rays, really what. You talk about the Rays. Rays and the A's, right? Rays and the A's do. So you read? Did you read Moneyball? Sure. So there's still a lot of that to them, and it's you know guys that get on base, guys that do certain things well, and we don't hang on to them too long. We move them on, and we replace them with younger guys that we think can do the same things. But Jeff, it can't be that easy, or everybody would do it. Well. No, I don't think they would because if you can afford to, if you can afford a two hundred million dollar payroll, you will do it. Yeah, but half of the league can't. Right. right. So half of the league would be doing that. Well, I think others are trying and have tried. They just not as good. It at must it. not be that easy. Right? It's not simple. It, no, well, nothing simple. I mean, it's even if you're going to build. Didn't Nick Crawl come from the A's? Uh, he's got some experience out there. Yeah. So yeah. even if you're the team that's got two hundred million dollars plus to spend on payroll. There's no perfect way to do that. I mean, you can buy – I mean, how many times have the Yankees had the highest payroll, but then – Right. You know, if the highest payroll always won the World Series, then there would be no need to have a World Series. Right. So it's not – it's never – no – no. Uh, I don't think there's a right way. There's a lot of ways. And whatever way you're going to do it, you just got to do it well. And I think the Reds are – it seems like they try tr- something they, for three, two yes. or three years, and then they abandon it and change right, directions. Right, right. And exactly. Yeah. Never have any chance for anything to right. work. Let it just go for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean. That's why I thought last year we were on to something and got to tweak just a little bit more, and we might have it. Yeah, but when Castellanos, I think when – I wonder if when Castellanos probably told them I'm not I'm not coming back they probably helped them make some decisions. I thought they offered him though. They did. They put in they they did a qualifying offer which would have been yeah. 18 point some million. And when he, he got 21, right? Yeah, and so he rejects that then you're like, "Okay, if we don't have Nick, what can we do?" So you, you, what, what can we do, like you say, to tweak? Because now it's more than a tweak because you got to replace that. Replacing Nick is not a tweak. So you got to replace Nick plus you got a tweak. And they must have decided – Your phone is that your phone ringing? Was that the Ohio State fight song? Sure was. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to put it up to the mic? Well, at least Grant wasn't here and it wasn't that Michigan fight song oh. that plays on his phone. Yes. Oh, so somebody you folks don't know, but we all know, and he's he's a he's a Michigan lover. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we love him, but we don't love his football team. But where was I? Um, 
that the Castellanos I, move yeah, changed everything. I think it changed everything because if you so do, who are you going to get to replace Nick? So if you go find the guy that does that, and you know, you know what are you going to you going to going to sign Chris Bryant? Right. No. <laughs> what Chris Bryant get? He got a huge contract. You know, you going to trade for Mike Trout? No. <laughs> I mean, we could have got Albert. <laughs> yeah. Pujols. Right. Yeah, we could have. So I wonder. You know, it's interesting just sort of talking about this, and you start thinking of stuff. It just struck me like when you you know. When, when he's gone, it's kind of like, well, what do we do now? Okay, it's, so what it's about- kind of like we gotta like we don't have to completely start over, but we gotta start over in some ways in a little bit. We gotta like re, we don't have to go back to the bottom and tank and rebuild, but we gotta like get rid of a little bit and rebuild from the middle back up or something. How, I don't know. It's guys- not a good way to say that, but it's not a full rebuild. It's just it's a it's a smaller. How would you feel about this roster if they wouldn't have traded Winker and Suarez? Um, would you feel a lot different? I wouldn't wonder why we have Suarez and Mustakas. And I think Winker's well, the we one. We had him last year. Well, that's what we were doing. We were trying to trade Suarez. That was the thing. But yeah. the Mariners didn't want him. You had to throw in Winkard. But isn't that isn't that what kind of had everybody throw their hands up? Is that trade? Yes, it's the, the Winker. It's the Winker and so Suarez. What if it wasn't that trade? How would we feel about the Reds? I didn't. I would feel fine getting rid of Suarez. Yeah. Okay, but your question is: If Suarez and Winker were still here, would we feel more? Yeah, optimistic? Would we be more optimistic? All of us were like, "Oh my gosh, here we go again!" Because of that one trade. What is that? Really? Was it really that bad? I don't know if it's that bad. I mean. You know, the old, I mean, obviously time will tell, which is so cliche. I can't believe I said it, but I mean, that's. I just think we, our we, margins are a lot thinner this year than last year. Yeah, I agree our with that. Our depth is gone. I agree with that. Well, we don't know what our depth is. Especially yeah. with Winker gone offensively. I, to me, offensively, is that that's was the killer. Winker and Castellanos, Castellanos both leaving was the killer for us offensively. Right. Because that's what we had last year. We had a great offense last year. And now. Without that, what are we? Right. And we had great uh, starting pitching last year. We I, did. I think all along we knew Castellanos would never take that extra year. Right. So what he signed for twenty one. Twenty one. So. Doesn't seem I like think, that much more than eighteen, by the way. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> Although I think it was a longer four year. I think. Right. The Reds what might have offered twenty two for two years could have offered twenty one or twenty two for two years, um, and I think we would all been like, "Wow, they yeah. really want to win." But they didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, here – so here's a projected – sort. Fangraphs has projected go-to starting lineups versus right-handers, and it's India leading off, which we like. You can win with that guy leading off. That's not a thing that hurts you. Naquin batting second, a left-hander batting second. Okay. Um, who batted second last year? Senzel some. Senzel some. Joey. Votto did. Votto did early. So they got Votto batting third. Stevenson cleanup, which wouldn't you rather have Castellano batting cleanup? Sure. Uh, Moustakas batting fifth. Which would have probably been Winker. In, yes. Uh-huh. Well, Winker might have batted second. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Fam batting sixth. Uh, Colin Moran batting seventh. 
Kyle Farmer eighth, and Sinzel ninth. So Sinzel's batting ninth is looking like a bottom of the order guy now, but Sinzel feels, could, could yeah, feels like Sinzel should be a top more top of the order guy. But then you got if Sinzel hits well and gets on base a lot, then you go Sinzel India back to back, you know, as you get into the, I think after Sinzel's the second a time through. Bottom and, of the order and, guy and, and, turn it back over. It could be really good. Yeah. As that Sort of second leadoff guy. Give back India. Ninth. Give just India. depends how Naquin does, right? If Naquin yeah. doesn't do well, then they may. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to see, um, you know, you might see Akiyama in the game once in a while. You got Aquino once in a while. Uh, this Donovan Sol- uh, Solano is their backup middle infielder guy um, or utility guy all around. See, I guess. that's where our depth gets really shaky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got six years of experience, so he's he's been there. And Akiyama, could Akiyama finally find himself this year? I don't know. He had the short season. He hasn't had two full seasons. I, I don't know if he can or not. I mean, he's not. It's not like he's a young guy. He's he's about ready to turn 34. Um, so Solano's 34. This backup catcher Andrew Knapp is 30. Uh, Aquino is almost 28. So it's either if he doesn't blossom at all this year into any consistency, then I think that's the end of him. And he may not even last the whole season if he doesn't do that. You know, Moose could have a good year. I mm-hmm. mean, he is only 33. He could and if he, he's he healthy. Could, if he doesn't get hurt. I'm, what what was wrong with him last year? Do you remember? I don't know, but he can't. He foot. Like, he had something wrong foot. with his yeah, heel. Yeah, and he came back. He's like put on 20 pounds. I mean, I wonder if maybe it was just power. A... No, it wasn't power. <laughs> I wonder if that was just a temporary thing. But, you know, who I think might be a breakout for the Reds this year is the kid from San Diego, Tommy Fan. He could. He really may have he, – he seemed very – He's not a kid. He's 34. No. He seemed really – he's a kid to us. Yeah. He, he seemed really ticked off. Yeah, did you read San Diego. He's like, I'm going to get mine this I'm gonna year. I'm going to get my numbers. <laughs> I'm going to get my numbers. And if that's what motivates him to play well, great. I'd rather you be a team guy, but, you know, it's baseball. Just go out there and hit the ball. So he he could be a surprise for us this year. He could. He could end up near the top of the lineup. He could. He could be really good, but he could be. He could hit two thirty and eighteen homers and drive in forty runs. And don't be negative. I on mean, me, he, Jeff I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying he could. Yeah, no, I'm usually the more positive one. I know you are. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. So, when he talks about bullpen, it's just a cast of. Yeah. A cast of characters, some experience. Some very little experience, which is pretty typical. Don't know who might emerge as a as a closer. Different guys in there have saved twenty games in their career, stuff like that. Who knows? We don't really know what might become of that, but we haven't it's weird. There's no Garrett, there's no Lorenzen. Right. Um No Sims to start the season now. Or Antone. And or Anton, and we may not who have, I really like Anton. We might not have mm-hmm. him all year. He might, he might be him. late season if right. at, at best uh, coming off of Tommy John. So yeah. I think that that yeah. So what anyway. do you think of uh, what do you think of that Almora Junior? Well, yeah, I mean he's you know he, he he got some pop in his bat and he did some, done some stuff with the Cubs here and there. But I think he was thought to be a you know a guy who could become a everyday player and he just hasn't really panned out into that so i think somebody gets hurt he's a guy that could get called up um mentioned somebody earlier would be maybe the first guy to get called up schrock 
who you know hit the ball well at times last year. He seems to add some spark. Something. Because he's one of those hustle-type guys, yeah. gets excited. So, Jeff, who do you think will be the surprise for the Reds this year? What position player? That's a really interesting question. Well, you, I said Tommy Pham. You think it's Tommy Pham? Um, thinking about that, you got to. Th- what do you think, John? I'm thinking. Still. I am. You got to keep your fingers crossed. Please, don't get hurt this year, Nick Senzel. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. With that's kind of yeah. where I was. I was just as you were saying, fingers crossed. I, I was thinking, Senzel. I think. If Mustakas has really good numbers, it's not a surprise from the fact that, wow, we didn't know he could do that. It would be more of a surprise of at his age and st- he, he stays healthy and he can do it. Um, Vado did it last year, but Mustakas isn't Vado. So we need a if those if those three guys have good seasons, well, this team and, and this I, team's going to score runs. I think Vado will have to have a solid season with some power numbers. And I think that'd be nice to see out of him. Those other guys could hit 275, yeah. 280, you know. Right. Those three that you talked about, I think that I, would be a good year. Yeah. yeah, and if they be good, get on base guys and hit some I'd like runs. to see 30 home runs out of Votto. Yeah. Oh, he put he hit 36 last year. It's very, yeah. It's very I mean, possible. he's got to do that again. I yeah. agree. He's got to have – Votto has got to be a Joey Votto kind of year. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. win the MVP, but he's got to be – He's got to be good. He's got to. You got to feel like he's one of the top can ten we, best hitters in the league. Can we get twenty five homers out of Stevenson? Ah, uh, maybe. There's a guy that could be a surprise. That could year. be the mm-hmm. surprise. He could be. You know. You remember like, uh, oh gosh, who was the catcher that Mezzarocco, Boom oh. had a really big year yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. If he could do, and then of course he had the hip problems and he was never the same. But if he could do a Mezzarocco kind of season, wow, that would be huge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, sometimes teams surprise you and, and are a lot better than you think. We we haven't experienced that, but other <laughs> cities have in the last 30 years. We just haven't. But other cities have. Maybe one of these years it's going to be our turn. I'm not predicting this is our turn. Hey, but, I think but Cincinnati. But it could be. One, it could be. Yeah. It's right. Could be. With the Bengals, it could be the Reds. That's oh, right. Yeah, we got a, we got some good wasn't it good uh, vibes going on down by 90, the river. Ninety ninety one, or yeah, ninety ninety one or eighty nine ninety, where the Bengals the Super Bowl and the Reds were had the ninety. Yep. Yeah, and then they're right. Reds won the World so, Series in ninety. Maybe that's what will happen for us with the Bengals and the Reds this year. The Bengals lose the Super Bowl, we go in the wire to wire. Wire to wire. <laughs> win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people think we're drunk. Um, so, any rate, um, okay, anything else? We talked this through. We talked rosters. We talked pitchers. We haven't talked about David Bell, but I don't think David Bell's the problem. Never have. No, I don't think I've so. never thought so. Um, I, I just haven't. And they still got the pitching coach with his philosophy in place, right? Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. Now they changed. That's another issue that a lot of people were upset about, but I don't think it's. I'm not as upset about it just from some things I've heard. You know, the driveline guy that was over there, their pitching right. director or whatever, he's gone. Right. He's out of the picture. Um, but I think, you know, he was. There was a problem i think within the reds with 
he was working for the Reds, but he was also heavily doing his business and promoting that. And it's like help, you know, working with guys from other organizations. And I think the Reds wanted him to be a Reds right. guy. And I think that was part of it from things I heard. Um, and then I think that their approach was just strike people out, period. We're just going to go. We're going to, everybody needs to throw, we're going to work on everybody learning how to throw a little harder. And we're just, we're, we're here to strike everybody out. And so, you know, Tom, you would, were you a guy who just went out there and tried to strike everybody out? Unfortunately, yes. You were? Would you have been better if you hadn't? 100%. Okay. I was too stupid too st- to okay. be a pitcher. All right. So, so sort of this, right, there's an art to pitching and there's raw power. And I think with the new group they have, I think there's a push toward sort of bringing those two things together a little bit. Mm. If you um, – down in Arizona right now, I'm sure they're, they've still got all the gear out. They're film, they're, you know, they're measuring yeah, I mean, everything. That's they're, why I feel good because Derek Johnson's still there. So you got to believe he's very right. analytical and still got that going. They still got that going. They're wearing the armbands that made it, you know, help them right. measure recover. stuff and recover faster. So they're doing all that stuff. I think a lot of people, when they heard that they got rid of Kyle Bodie, thought, "Oh, the Reds are just." What well, doesn't Disc- mean that we're just discarding analytics right. now. We're going to go back right. to the old ways of doing things, and that wasn't the case. I think it was a, a fit, a personality thing, and some other things. But I think they still have the same kind of vision. It's obviously not going to be exactly the same because it's a different people. But they kept so Brian Garman, who was the who was the pitching coach in Dayton last year, and who was a big believer in drive line. Uh, from when I interviewed him, wrote a story about him, really buys into that, well, the Reds brought him back. Now, if the Reds were discounting everything right. on that driveline stuff, if they were like, we're not doing any of that, Brian Garman wouldn't be a pitching coach in the Reds organization. But don't you guys think that the Reds pitchers have overachieved the past two seasons? Yes. I think they have too. I think there's been improvement all around. I saw a lot of good pitching in Dayton last year. Uh, there's a couple guys that moved up, a Graham Ashcraft who can throw really hard and seems to pitch well as well as throw hard. Uh, a couple other guys that looked good. So, and Lodolo and Green have progressed. So, I think the uh, through all that, the unknown thing about this year is, as we've talked about, and maybe these things that are happening at the lower levels. We've pushed some older guys out to usher some younger guys in. And maybe this year we don't win anything. Maybe it sets the stage for the next year. Which we, which we've is said that for a long which time. we've said for a long time. But sooner or later, that's gonna happen. And is this the approach is the approach being refined? Is that why they did what they did? Or did mean, or was this purely to save money? If it was purely to save money, <clears throat> I don't like it. They're never going to say that. They're but if it was, it. well, they but if really all this stuff they've said about sustain building sustainability with through the, so that we're always moving forward. If they can accomplish, I mean, I think they want to do that. Every every organization probably wants to do that. 
are they being truthful with us and are they can they actually make that happen then i think we could have a long string of good seasons maybe find a way to win a world series one year at least get to one but if this is all about saving money and they really still haven't figured out their process it's not about saving money because they really haven't saved any money not that's a lot a good, that's a good point john yeah. not a lot so now, i heard so nick i, Cr- I heard kind of good about that well the i heard an interview a key interview maybe about two or three weeks ago with nick crawl right after uh the season got in on track was that they're changing strategy and it is changing from the signing of the free agents to developing our own talent and bringing it up that way, you know, kind of along the lines of the Tampa Bays and the Oakland A's. Well, the Astros and, did it too. And Crawl and, and, and Bell are the analytics guys, which is perfect for that kind of uh, theory. Mm-hmm. So maybe the precipitating factor was Castellanos not going to stay. All right, then. We can uh, cut a little bit of payroll here, and um, which it was just a little bit. Yeah. And and then we're gonna start on our uh, new philosophy here, and well, think, um, think and go the, for it. Think about the pitching staff we were just talking about. Well, we had Sonny Gray and Wade Miley in there, two older guys, and you know injury prone. And now we do have four guys with less than half year experience, and they're all you know solid. Yeah, Prospects. but we have two guys in the wings, Green and Lodolo. If any of them falter, you know, maybe it's time to get them some experience. Right, and they may right. they right. both may start early in the season because of injuries to other guys. Yeah, because of um, well, Fancraft the projected them in the start. yeah they're they're right now, but you know sometimes you only start four guys early in the year, but I'm sure the schedule has been compressed yeah, a little I don't bit, know if so, I don't, so I don't know there's going to be as many early off days as typical. Yeah. There probably isn't so. To the salaries. So in 2018, the payroll was 101 million, and then the next two years it went to 132 and 149 because they really tried to do stuff. Last year was at 131. This year the projection right now is 110. So really, if you figure in cost of living, so to speak, it's flat from 2018 to 2022, you go from 101 to 110. It's there's not that's pretty flat. So they're kind of where they were in 2018. And I would say that this team will be better than the 2018 team. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the 2018 team finished, but it wasn't very good. It was bad. So I would say this team is better. So if they are, then maybe they're learning something here. Um, You know, I would say to get over the hump and make the playoffs, you got to fill in with some free agents. All right. Which they did get some free agents, but you mean like? Well, you a, mentioned the Astros. You mean like a Castellanos free agent, not a correct Tommy Pham free agent. That's what I meant. Right. A key, a key guy that right. that gets you over the hump, whether it's a pitcher or a mainstay in the lineup. Just you for know. your frame of reference, the Reds won sixty-seven games in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. I hope well, we win more than that I was this year. Say, are, are, are we going to do the next podcast where we predict how many games this team is going to win? Or are we going to try and do it well, tonight? Well, we can I, have to do it when Kim's here. Yeah, we'll wait till yeah, Kim's Yeah, well, here. if we can get him here and if we can do another one. But I don't know that we'll be able to do another one before the season starts. I mean, that's coming up really fast. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we can predict. 
What do you think? Can this team can they can they be a 500 team? Well, anybody can be a 500. Will team. they? No. I, don't th- I do not think they'll be a 500 team. No. 78. He says 78. Yeah, now I mean, last year they won 83 and I think I said 80, you did. 85 or 86, didn't you were, I? You you were close. You pre- you were the only one that predicted a winning season. And I was right. Well, what is it this but I'm, year? I'm terrible on well, you got to put your numbers out I'm, this year. Yeah, but I'm terrible on my bracket, no. my March Madness bracket. That's I, I, different. Everybody is this year. That's different. <laughs> we need a number, Mr. Gilbert. I'm going to be the optimist, and I'm going to say, um, well, the chances of them winning the exact same amount as last year is pretty slim. But I'll, I'll say 83, and then I'll be right in the – if wow. I think I'll be in the ballpark plus or minus two. Hmm. That's what I'm going to say. I think I think I'm going to be in the ballpark plus or minus two. Seventy-eight. Yeah. If we're well, if they win eighty, we both will be. Well, yeah. eighty-one. Well, almost eighty and a half. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Thomas? I'm probably about where John is. Seventy-seven, seventy-eight games, something like that. Yeah. All right. I'm going eighty-three and getting one of those wild card spots, and then getting shut out or something and yeah coming home. right not that we have any experience with that <laughs> all right well this was episode number 55 um who's the most famous red everywhere number 55 55 i have no idea okay so here's a, a pitcher well here's a guy so some guys wear them long term and then some guys wear them like their rookie year you know and then they get right. their real number like the the year they get called up, somebody got called up in 1984 and wore number 55, and he's one of my favorite Reds ever and probably one of yours too. Hmm. What did his Played number up. change to? Pitcher, right? Uh, he went from 55 to another, I think, double double digit number. Pitcher? No. Really? 33, 44. Oh, Eric Davis. Eric Davis. Eric Davis wore 55 his first season really? when he got called up. Uh, current uh, last year was uh, Heath Hembry, uh, D- Dory Moretta, uh, who's on the team this year. I don't know what number he's going to wear. Robert Stevenson wore number 55 in his brief tenure with the Reds. Skip Schumacher, one of those great free agent signings of yesterday that didn't really pan out. Matt Latos. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Ramon Hernandez, a catcher. Um, other than that. Nobody, nobody too much. A guy named Peaches Davis in 1938. Peaches Davis. Or number 55. So, anyway, so we start. What's the first game? April 7th? Yep. Night so, game. Got punched back to 8 p.m. Is it? But that's not a home game, right? We're no, not, we're not in Atlanta. We're not opening at home. We're opening in really Atlanta. Bo- yep. Another Another reason Major League Baseball has to change things. Well, yeah. we talked about that earlier, and I think – and we didn't really finish that discussion. Somehow we got off on another tangent, but I agree. They don't market it well. It would be nice if the Angels were good because like Shohei Trout. and and Trout would be on a good team, but yep. they're they're not they don't have they're not on a good team and they're they're maybe the two best players in baseball. Right. And then or two of the best five or six at the the worst. And then it's just become a more regional sport, don't you think? Yeah, do you remember how they used to have Saturday afternoon game of the week? Yeah, or? I mean, Fox does that some, but not all yeah. season. It's, it's sort of like for a little bit. They have Sunday night baseball on ESPN, which isn't bad, but... It's just... The announcers haven't been that great. 
It's just been more regional. Since Joe it's, Morgan. It just feels yeah. it just feels regional. Like I don't know. Yeah. I can't really explain it. Well, I it don't just, like watching the West Coast teams play. Yeah, it doesn't like who cares. Yeah, yeah, only if they're playing us. Yeah. I mean, it's different because the Dodgers used to be in, in the National League. Right, in the West. Yeah. With a, well, we used to be in the West. Right. By the way, have things changed? Are we still not going to watch the Reds this year or be able to watch I them? don't think – no, that Bali Sports is not on YouTube TV if you still have it, which I do. Mm-hmm. What do you have, John? Direct TV, so. Are you getting the Reds? You want some – you want to come over to watch? We'll be over every night for dinner. Yeah. Stay for the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, our wives will just love that. <laughs> I don't think I would like it either. To, you know, your house every night. Hey, it's good for me because if I still have to shore up some work at home, you know, type it on the computer, I'm watching the Reds. Watching so. the Reds while you're doing your reports and stuff yeah. from your day. Yep. I really did enjoy, you know, kind of falling asleep every night to the Reds. I missed that last year. Well, I, you know, I did the MLB app thing with a paid – my 20 bucks or so so i could listen because you can listen to the radio broadcast through the mlb app and then you got access to all the stuff on there and you can listen to any game actually wonder how much it is to buy major league package the tv yeah you can't because you're inside the blackout area you can hmm. buy it, but you won't get Reds games. They'll black out the Reds games because you live too close to there's Cincinnati. Gotta, there's got to be some package that well, they... The, well, Dark, you can go on the dark web maybe and find something. <laughs> I'm sure it's pirated somewhere that you can find it, but yeah. you cannot. Now, there was talk a year ago that this they might make some changes to alleviate some of this for people in our situation, but nothing's happened yet. Again, If it has, I don't know about again, it. Again, the NFL has done it better than the Major League Baseball. Remember how they used to black again. out in yep. NFL games and they quit doing it? That's right. There's another, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Subscribers for Major League TV get live access to out of market feeds. Yes. You can't that aren't subject to regional, national, or other blackouts. Yes. And until they change that. It's <laughs> how it, are how are kids supposed to become fans of their of their uh, local teams? It's it's yeah. it's myopic. Yep. It's it's bad. Well, you know what? I became a Reds fan by listening to the radio. Right. Sure. Yeah. Marty yeah, and Joe. Because they were hardly on TV then. Right, that's right. true. You'd see them 20 times a summer on right. television maybe. Right. But I tell you, it, when you, I, you know, I love listening to the radio. Um, but I tell you what, when there's a close play and everything, I want to see it. Sure. You know, not wait for the replay on my phone. Right. Right. And uh, Or a close call or some kind of – or a fight, you know. Well, I'm glad you get to watch them. But, you know, the next best thing to not being able to do it is the MLB app – because they do in the in the like game feed and stuff pretty quick after a big play within a few minutes usually within the as you um, go through like the game cast type of thing that highlight video will pop in there. Oh, that's cool. So if a guy hits a home run within a few minutes, boom, it'll be there and you now, can see it. Now, if the play is being reviewed, that's fine because you you might be able to see it before they're done on the field. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that New York's on the same watching it those they've been able to get their reviews done pretty quickly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still might be behind the eight ball right so you and know. I'm gonna be I'm gonna ruin it for you every time because I'm just gonna text everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I if I don't want to know my phone's buzzing I just turn it upside down don't look at it for a while like if I <laughs> like if I start watching a, 
uh, NCAA tournament game like a little late, like the other day. Everybody was going St. Peter's, and you know, because they were beating Purdue or whatever. I'm like, oh, they're gonna win. They must have won this game. And I'm watching. And I look at my phone because I'm like half hour behind because I was somewhere and got started watching it late, you know. Um, which is the great thing about the DVR thing. But once in a while, you start, you know, you gotta can't look at your phone if you if you're behind. So uh, you know that. But but. I, don't I can't know. watch them, so hey, the, the next you, best thing is I I'll, have the MLB app and I can see the highlights. Bring a piece of meat over to I my house. We'll grill it and we'll watch the game. Well, we'll do it. We'll yeah. try. We'll do we it a couple do times. That. That'll be fun. Yeah, we'll do it a couple times. Yeah, we don't have. Yeah, you know, I'm not coming over every night, but you know, no. I, I can I, want you. Can I come over for the West Coast games at 10:30 and, <laughs> and you just go to bed and I, I can sit in the living room? You can, yes, <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody'll care. The dog will be out there the with dog, you. I'll, be, I'll keep I'll, dog keeping me company. Yeah, I do. So, some of our listeners may know, and like I, I'll be at a lot of Dragons games covering those for the Dayton paper, and so we do have them on in the press box. So I do get to see a decent amount of live in the press box. You know, I mean, I'm watching the game. You just can't hear what's going on. Well, no, we usually turn it down. But so, I'm, you know, you're you're watching the game on the field. You're looking up. Sometimes I'm down taking pictures I don't see. But You're watching the game with but Jim I, Morgan. But, but I catch you know, the – oh, yeah. Well, Eric Davis. Jeff does. Eric Davis last year sat up there like five nights with me next to me. We just talked a lot. It was hmm. fun. That guy. You know, He's a womanizer. He's still busy. Well, oh, yeah. you're putting that out on the air. Yeah, sorry. But <laughs> – but anyway, he he was sitting next to Jeff. He look yeah, he looks like he could still play. Wow. I mean, he looks older in the face, but if you step back from him and just watching him walk down the street, like, and you thought, and you say that guy plays in the majors, you go, oh really? I believe it because hmm. he's still he's still put together. I wonder how wow. He is now. Well, I was just gonna look that he's up. He's about all right. He's about fifty. He's in his, I would say. Close to 60, I would, I would say imagine. he's 58, 59. 59. Oh, yeah. Okay. Barry Larkin. I guess years that makes sense. Yeah. Knowing 1990, yep. how old I was. Yeah. Barry and uh, Barry Larkin's 57. Yeah, he's my age. Oh, I yeah. know how old Barry Larkin is. Chris Sabo's 60. Against, did you play against Barry Larkin? Two years. <laughs> you guys had to play Moeller. Oh, that's who we drew the first two rounds of the playoffs. My freshman and sophomore year. Did you play against jun- uh, Junior? No, he was, he was much younger. He's yeah. younger, yeah. So did Barry uh, – He had a double off me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was just a double. You know what? He had doubles off a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. It's been fun, guys. Get to talk about it again. Hopefully Kim can be back with us next time, and we can get off to a good start in Atlanta. Right. Um, maybe uh, Mally go down there. He's better than you know. Mally's been better away from from. Uh, yep. I almost said Riverfront. <laughs> <laughs> He's been better on the road. So maybe go down there and win the first game. We can at least we can at least be over five hundred for the a day. Cha- of course, we're going to open up against world champions. Yeah, oh, that's right. They won it last year, didn't they? That's why the game got moved back an hour because they had to do their celebration. Oh well, yeah. Maybe that will inspire the Reds. And maybe, maybe they'll yeah they'll be they'll be thinking about that and forget to play. Yeah. There we go. And they don't have Freddie Freeman anymore. The rings are too heavy. Right? There's no Freddie Freeman down there. No Freddie. I believe Acuna's still there, though. Yeah, he's still there. He's pretty good. He's not bad. All right. Albies. Uh, Albies, yeah. Yeah, they're still pretty good. All right. Well, we'll say good night, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this to. So, as we always say, go Go Reds. Reds.